Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Battleground. Today is Tuesday, and um, what a week it has been for the Biden administration. What a, what a, I guess, beginning of the year it has been for the Biden administration, full of lies, full of deceit, full of uh, demagoguery, and, uh, and of course, full of racism. Uh, yesterday, we heard the AG talk about something that, uh, that really shocked at least most uh, mentally sane people which was um, you're not considered a domestic terrorist as long as you vandalize an attack at night. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's uh, pretty bizarre shit, uh, but, you know, it's pretty bizarre shit, you know, since the election. I mean, you know, a guy that doesn't know who he is half the time, where he is the other half, spent 90% in the basement getting 82 million votes. Uh, I don't think anybody, anybody believes that. So it's been bizarre from the get-go. We have uh, three awesome guests. We have Dania Alexandrino, who is a former CNN producer reporter. Uh, she is the host of the Dania Alexandrino show on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, you name it. She'll, she'll tell us about it. Uh, we also have uh, Willy Lora, who is a former CNN executive, um, a media executive now with the uh, Lora uh, Media Laura Media, right, Willie? Laura Media Consulting, yes. There you go. And we have the great Jorge Bonilla with MRC Latino. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on coming on the show. I had to uh, take a little bit of time off. Um, as you know, my father passed in December and just needed some uh, little little time to uh, decompress and, and get some R&R &R and really try and understand what in the fuck is going on with this administration because I don't think anybody really understands it. I mean... <laughs> You know, um, I don't know. I mean, we saw him very early on saying, uh, what am I signing? Okay, sure. Go ahead. You know, yeah, next. And uh, and then this immigration crap, which is really what, uh, you know, the, 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 the meat and potatoes, which I, I want to hit today. But um, I want to kick it off really quick um, and, and do a little round robin and just go clockwise with, and kick it off with uh, Alexandra uh, Dania. Um, the AG yesterday, mm -hmm. it's okay to commit vandalism, destruction, uh, terrorize, burn, loot, assault, murder, as long as you do it at night. If you do it during the day, then you're a domestic terrorist. What the fuck is that about? 
Well, you know, these are the same people that uh, they had that had the city burning behind them, and they're like, "Oh, this is the mostly peaceful protest." So, I mean, uh, you know, what are we going to believe coming out of the mouth of these people? And and it's it's sad. It's sad that uh, you know our country is so divided to the point that one side of the political aisle um, only has, uh, you know, uh, it's not even a binocular, it's, you know, a one lens, you know, their, their glasses are, are short one lens and they can only see as to what one side does wrong, but not their own side. And it's, it's really, I never thought, let me just put it to you this way, Ivan, growing up in Boston, learning about the tea party, you know, and, and, and the start of the, uh, civil war and the start of the revolution and, and, you know, having the, the, you know, the USS constitution just blocks away from my high school, never in my right mind did I think that I would come, that I would see the day in which our country would be so politically divided that one party would seriously not have the right set of mind to categorize something bad that their side does, but will completely hound what the other side does. And this is, it's very evident in fact with the way that many of them are even comparing Ted Cruz's, you know, 48 hour trip to Cancun with the corrupt, criminal, and mismanagement that Andrew Cuomo did in New York. I mean, it, there's no comparison. And so when you have this party, the same party, putting this comparison forward, and not only that, but saying that, oh, you can destroy domestic, uh, you know, uh, federal property at night because it's not, there's no one there and you're not a domestic terrorist. I mean, it, it's it's really ludicrous and, and there's just no other explanation for it. I mean, I'm I'm baffled every time I hear something coming out of their mouth. Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, Willie, what do you think? I, I think know it, you know, like you were, like, kind of vocal, you were kind of vocal yesterday on that. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was you were pestering somebody. I don't know if it, it, was, it was crazy. It was like, you know, you you reading this thing about the AG and the in the during the hearing talking about uh, you know, how constant how committed he was to uh work with everybody to uh get to a resolution as to the bombing of the capital i'm like i don't know if this guy's actually smoking something kind of weird because the <laughs> last time i checked I, I don't think that there's only two pipe bombs that were put in place in front of the uh and they were RNC in the, the dnc and nobody actually the fbi have not said or picked up anybody regarding this so you know the fact that we have people like that going through the process i have no idea of the biggest event that we are not sure that, that that's being investigated right now is really concerning and troubling for me. It should be concerning for everybody. You know, I was shocked, uh, you know, when he, when he said that and also talking about that, you can only, that you're not a domestic terrorist, if, terrorist, if you do things uh, uh, at night or, you know, vice versa, it, it was insane. I'm like, okay, so what happened in the summer? So we should be going after a whole bunch of uh, domestic terrorists. Right. What happened last, last, last summer. So I, I think it was a, uh, Baffling, uh, you know, it, it was one thing to see what 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 was being said during the campaign uh, out of the the uh, this White House and what they're facing right now. Not only in terms of what happened on January six, but also on COVID, on immigration, which is a topic we're going to talk about. How they changed not only their their their, their, um, their mind, but they changed the the comments. They have changed the message, and so and some of the the, the issues. Obviously, they've been working together with with some of our media that we're seeing how they're covering. The stuff that for you know for weeks and, and months and years 
talked about the uh, the trump cages and now it becomes a the uh, facilities for young uh, kids, uh, you know, using the same thing. So it's it's insane, you know. Uh, and the and the fact that people uh, they they continue to say these things and, and believe in the people are not going to pick up about it or criticize them, you know, is just the same thing that happened at the State Department with the spokesperson uh, just today when he talked about how great the administrations have done with the Russian policy, and 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 then he got confronted by the AP reporter and say, look, dude, you know, you haven't done th- anything. You've been here for three weeks. You know, you obviously want to take credit for what the past administration did on the Russia uh, on Russia and, and its issues, and now you want to take credit for something that you have no idea that you haven't done because you've only been here for three weeks. So it's insane the amount of things that are happening. The same thing with the White House and COVID, trying to tr- uh, take credit for things that the, administ- the past administration did. It, it's, it's just crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know where to start. That's why I was fired up yesterday because like there's only so much you can take without pushing back. Yeah, and, and talking about pushing back, Jorge, you're 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 with MRC. Um, what what's what's happening in the media? I mean, we saw as soon as the election was over, um, you know, Willie Willie and 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 Danya's former employer over at uh, Fake News CNN stopped reporting on the uh, COVID cases. They stopped reporting on the COVID deaths. They said they Jake Tapper, who's a piece of shit in my mind, you know. Um, said that he was going to stop. He wasn't going to cover uh, this administration like he like they covered the Trump administration. Well, it's the guy, alive. Yeah, the guy. The guy's a total piece of crap. I mean, he he's a complete liar. He's a fraud. Uh, he's fake news, you know, all the way. And you know, we, we see this crap going on, you know, with uh, fifty or so uh, executive orders. And when Trump had five, they said he was a tyrant and a, and 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 a strong man like Maduro and Chavez and. And Fidel Castro, um, and and now they're quiet. Now they're quiet. And another thing that's quiet is uh, all the idiots that uh, that supposedly supported this buffoon on social media. You don't hear anybody boasting about the great accomplishments uh, of the Biden administration. Um, so you know, I, I don't know how better to tee it off, man. But uh, go for it, man. Let us know how you see well, it, what you're seeing. What what happened at CNN is that they ended the Trump show successfully ran. And it has come to its conclusion. And now that the Trump show is over, now they can go back to sleep. I call them the rip band media, uh, just as they went to sleep over the Obama years, over the past eight years, and over those previous eight years, and didn't cover um, Fast and Furious, and didn't cover the IRS scandal, and all these other instances of actual authoritarianism. The wiretapping of James Rosen, the, wire, the prosecution of James Rosen, the hacking of Cheryl Atkinson, the wiretapping of those Associated Press journalists, actual attacks on the media. But uh, Trump saying mean things to Jim Acosta to them was more of an attack on the media than than all these other things that happened. So now that Biden is in office, the Rip Van media can go back to sleep. Jeff Zucker announced that he was going to leave when his contract was up at CNN. The Trump show's over. Zucker's leaving. They pulled Chris Cuomo off of covering Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. And what you see is, is a couple of things actually happening here. First of all, we, we see how this activist media continues their role. First of all, in helping Joe Biden get elected to office. Yeah. by by First of all, by suppressing the Hunter Biden story, which we ran a study um, over the, in the month of December. We did a study at the Media Research Center, and we found that one in six voters, had they learned about this, had they learned about Hunter Biden's dealings with China, 
they would not have voted for Joe Biden. And this would have affected the race in several critical states, Michigan, Georgia, North Carolina, and, and Arizona, and would have had a different outcome on the election. This is proven. This is how the media helped Biden get into office. So now that you had that, number one, and now number two, you had the media playing stenographer to the Biden administration. Yeah. Um, and that's what you see here. You see that, and you see you see a couple of things at play here. You see that. You see a demonization of everyone who supported Donald Trump. Not just Trump himself, not just Mike Pence, not just congressional Republicans or elected Republicans, but the close to 75 million people that voted for Donald Trump. Now they are all seen as being complicit with the horrible events of January the 6th. So there's a demonization. There's an attempt to sort of disqualify anybody who might be viable in 2024. And that's why you see the media covering Ron DeSantis out of Florida the way that they should cover Andrew Cuomo. You see an ongoing series in my Twitter feed. It's at Bonilla JL. Um, and it, anytime, anytime there, there's a story that's negative about about Andrew Cuomo, Ron DeSantis should be made to pay for this treachery <laughs> because that's how they want to. They yeah. cover Ron DeSantis the way that they want to cover Andrew Cuomo. Yep. Or that they yep. should cover Andrew. Or that, that they, they should have covered Andrew Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I was just in Florida last week. It was my birthday on Thursday, and, and my birthday. Birthday. happy birthday, happy birthday. Oh, yeah. my, my, so you and Willie. Happy birthday, yours was on Friday too, right? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I posted some videos, man. We were partying like rock stars. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, it oh, was out of control. Uh, you know, Florida, baby, you know, it's the only place to be. It is, uh, we are, mo- we're moving back to Florida. That's, that's not even debatable anymore. We got to get the hell out of this, uh, liberal madhouse. Um, it's insane, man. But, you know, Dania, um, immigration, cages, children, you know, uh, oh, yeah, they, before they, we. They, they, Oh yeah, they went crazy with uh, with with Trump, and this was an Obama policy, and now we're this back is, to cages and separation of families, and mum's the word, huh? Listen, I'm gonna uh, going back to what Jorge just said. He gave me an idea while he was talking and about and talking about sleeping media. No. We're gonna call them from now on hibernating media. So they they've gone into hibernation. Yes, <laughs> they've gone true. into hi- hibernation. Así que Jorge, thank you very much for <laughs> for calling them the sleeping media. They're the hibernating media. So right now they've yeah. gone back into hibernation, and they've started modifying their vocabulary when describing everything that the Biden administration is doing. And a perfect example, I, w- I just saw this on Twitter basically a few minutes ago. The way that Washington Post, that the WAPO is describing uh, the migrant uh, detention centers, migrant uh, children, minor uh, facilities or uh, migrant okay. holding facilities. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait what? And, and Yeah, basically. And, and, and when you look at it, it's a bunch of these like, you know, uh, kind of like Box. container looking boxes that yeah. look more like holding cells than the actual big building where Trump held the children. So I actually had to tweet them back and said, oh, wait, uh, these are actually looking like jail cells versus the building. So what's the difference and what actually entails these to be migrant detention centers and not a cage when this actually looks more like a cage than the, the detention center that which was a building and had AC and had bathrooms and everything. It's just 
this is the perfect example of how the media, and it's really, to me, it's very frustrating because when I did my, when I was a journalist, an active journalist for 15 years, I took my job seriously. I took my job seriously. A good one because people didn't know what side you're on. Exactly. And that's exactly, and that's exactly what I was going to. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I always say. I had a former representative from Puerto Rico say to me one time after I stopped, you know, uh, being a journalist, an active journalist, he tweet, he tweeted something to me one, one trip I made to Puerto Rico. And then he texted me to my cell phone. And this is one thing I always tell people, I'm like, when you have the cell phone number, to former governors and former legislators from all sides of the political spectrum, that's when you know you did your job right. When people are willing to talk to you once they find out what you support ideologically. And he texted me and he said, you know, I have a bone to pick with you. And I said, what? And he goes, call me. So I call him on his cell phone and he's like, I didn't know you were a conservative. And I was like, good. That means I did my job right. And he's like, you know what? Now I respect you more. And that's the problem with media today. You are able to tell what side of the political aisle each reporter is on the minute they get on camera. And it's sad. It's really sad. It's disgusting. And it's really, you know, it's very disappointing to me as a journalist to be able to sit and watch the news and flip through the channels and be like, oh, that's a Democrat. Oh, that's a Republican because that's not what their job is supposed to be. They're supposed to just report the facts. They're not supposed to be part of the story and they're not supposed to give me their damn opinion. I don't give a damn about your opinion. I want to know the facts of the story. That's it. Keep your opinion to yourself. And unfortunately, we Thank see you. this happening with certain issues, particularly the immigration issue. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, and, and, and I know uh, Willie's buddy, uh, Jorge Ramos over at <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, he, he blocked me and Jorge, you know, a long time ago. So, you know, we can't interact with him. Uh, I gave him a He whole hasn't blocked me yet, but I've told him a few times. I, I gave him a whole bunch of shit in person. So, you know, he didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I think he knows that, we, you know, that we don't, it's not that we don't like him. Look, Jorge, known him for a long time. Yeah. The, the issue is like when, like Daniel was saying, when you cross that line and become an activist instead of a journalist, then you get what you get, yeah. you know, and you can, you know, we can be friends. We can have a conversation, but you're an activist. You know, it's just like you, you, like you go out there and you say, look, oh, because they still trying to sell the big lie when uh, Trump said that the, the election were stolen. You know, it's fine. You know, you can say that, but where's mm-hmm. the proof that it was a lie? Where's the proof that it wasn't stolen because nobody actually investigated it? Right. You mm-hmm. know, the courts, even the Supreme Court said like, we're not going to look at the case because of a lack of standing, not because we actually went and looked at the claims. So mm-hmm. journalistically, you got to say, look, the claim is this, but you cannot say yourself, uh, you know, the lie that they've been talking about. You know, it's a lie. It's because you're saying that it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's not because it has been proven that it was a lie because nobody actually has gone and looked at the claims. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- and then when you get into into this activism, and then then you you you're concerned that people don't believe you anymore. Why is Jorge Ramos not up in arms screaming and yelling at, uh, at Joe Biden? At the, <laughs> at <a press> <laughs> I think I put I think I put it in a tweet a little while ago that you actually the best uh, PR firm the money that White House money can buy was the Post. Yeah, because it's basically that you know you the run the pretty words they use to describe the migrant detention centers. There's you know I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting to look at the tweet from AOC that she's on a plane to go outside the cages and uh, and, and on cry. the white dress and cry. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually waiting for that. So am I. I'm, I can't wait to see that picture. I mean, I would applaud that. Um, you know, we'll see if she dresses up in white again, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, she should, otherwise, she's a hypocrite. Yeah. It's what um man, I, I know you, you you guys cover the media pretty, pretty, pretty hard, mm -hmm. pretty fair, I should say, not hard. Um, do you have a breakdown? Do you have statistics on on the coverage that they had on the previous administration versus this one? I mean, I can probably probably tell you it's zero percent, right? Mm -hmm. In terms one. of it, well, well no, we're, we're still working, there. we're still working on, on data for this administration, but we we can we already know that it's far 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 more favorable far far more friendly. Trump was in the nineties in the high nineties yeah. in terms of negative coverage. Um, if if the sun came out, you know there'd be a headline that that Trump lied because it was supposed to be cloudy or something. And that's how the story would and that's how the story will get framed. If Trump yeah. said it's going to be cloudy today and the sun came out, it would be Trump lied about there being clouds outside. So. That's, that's how, that in terms of framing, in terms of, of narrative, that's that's the kind of coverage that the past administration got. Now, we we already know we're still quantifying it and still, you know, with, with just a month in, we're still gathering that information. But I can already tell you it's far, far, far more favorable uh, to Joe Biden. Have you we, seen anybody, any 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 anybody from the fake news take a jab or a hit at Biden or the administration? On oh, anything? absolutely not. I have not. I don't know if you guys have. That, that, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Only one time. Oh, Only okay. one time that I see something, I didn't see it and make it to the newscast. And that was um, when this whole thing with TJ Ducklow blew up in the White House. And oh, the whole thing yes. about Joe Biden, Joe Biden yeah. promising that if you mistreated somebody, you would get fired on the spot. Mm -hmm. And, and it didn't. turns out that the Deputy White House Press Secretary um, threatened to destroy this reporter that was digging into his relationship yep, with the yep. Axios reporter, Alexi McCammon. So, um, oh my God, what's her name? Janet Rodriguez from Univision mm -hmm. actually tweeted about that. Mm -hmm. It didn't make it into the newscast. Mm -hmm. Strangely enough, she mm -hmm. wasn't there. She did, So she didn't ask questions about it. Um, it wasn't her turn to be in the pool that day, but she did tweet out about it. It didn't make it into the newscast. So I can honestly say that I did see somebody raising questions um about the biden administration but at the same time those questions have been very few and very far in between and i am shocked i am so so shocked that the washington post would have a varying standard about how to cover something depending on who's in power uh as we see with these with these unaccompanied migrant detention facilities yes that just reopened uh that are about to reopen in south texas but that were recently uh called as recently as 2019, when the Trump administration closed them, were called tent cities. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show you the fundamental dishonesty, corruption, yeah. and yes, disinformation mm -hmm. that we are dealing with uh, when it comes to media. Yep. It's crazy. So about this uh, immigration bill or uh, plan that the Biden administration wants to push forward, um, I think it's that on arrival. Mm -hmm. do, the, do, do do any of you guys think he's got the votes? Is it going to go anywhere? Or is Absolutely just, not. Or is it just mm -hmm. uh, showmanship to try and drive a wedge between, you know, conservatives and, and the Latino vote and try yeah. and uh, obviously Absolutely. put a dent or a stop in the bleed, right, that uh, 
that that happened in 2016 when when Trump, you know, was able to pull a lot of that vote over. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, I and this is a conversation Willie and I had in my show last week. That's exactly what they're doing. They are trying to put a wedge between Latinos who supported Trump and the Republican Party and the issue of immigration. Because for many years, the Democrats have been using immigrants as political pawns to try to attract the Latino vote. They've promised and they've failed at delivering their promises. They've done it time and again for midterm elections, for general elections, and they've continuously failed. And then they want to turn turn it around onto the Republicans. And what's some of the things that they did in order, because they know that they need, in order for a, an immigration reform to be final and to be uh, set on stone, it needs a majority in the Senate, not just a simple majority, a majority in the Senate of 60 votes. So that means that they need 10 Republicans crossing the aisle to join them. And if you don't address the border security issue, there's no way you're going to have people supporting your bill. Not just that, uh, but I was reading that Joe Manchin himself doesn't even support it. So when you have Joe Manchin, a Democrat, that's a moderate that, you know, lately, sometimes, you know, he's been even criticizing his own party and a lot of social socialist ideals. When you have Joe Manchin saying that he's not going to support this immigration bill, that's when you know that there's a lot of loopholes, a lot of lagoons, a lot of, uh, you know, problems with this immigration bill. I mean, you cannot just sit there and give an open pass to 11 million people without having a viable background check, without having, uh, you know, checks and balances on all these people. And not only that, but without, it's sort of like a plumbing issue. Let's say that you have a, you know, a leaking, a a leaking uh, pipe in your bathroom and, and you just, it it flooded your bathroom. You clean up the flood, but if you don't fix the pipe, water is going to keep leaking, right? right? So it's the same thing. If you don't fix the border issue, you're going to continue to have illegal immigration in the country. So unless you address all aspects of immigration, including those that overstay the visas, there's just no way that you're gonna get bipartisan support. And they did it with that sole purpose in mind, to have Republicans oppose it because they know that Republicans support protecting the border. And once that Republicans oppose it, they're gonna go back to Latinos and say, you say, you see, Republicans are racist. Republicans mm-hmm. don't want to help Latinos. Republicans are this. Republicans are that. They did it with that sole purpose in mind. There's no other reason why they presented such a vague bill. I think I'll, I'll go a little deeper into into the whole thing. I, I think the Latino voters, uh, as, as Latino voters, they're actually smarter than that. And actually, immigration, I, th- I think, is a number eight on the top list of priority. But the reason, the total or the complete reason why they did it is exactly what Dania is saying. They want, they have, there's an election next year. You know, there's an election. And not, not only that, if you go back uh, to the Obama administration, his first term, he had a bigger majority. They had a bigger majority in the, in, in the Congress and, and they had the House. They never put it in. They knew they were not going to pass it because they couldn't get, they were not going to get the Republicans to go along. And a lot of the Democrats, because of the fact that there's no security put into in, in place on the bill. Same yeah. thing's happening right now. With less majority, remember that the, the Democrats lost 15 spot in the House. So he said weaker majority and there's 50 50 in the Senate with uh, Kamala Harris uh, explaining devil. So there's no way that that's going to pass. There's no way unless something, some sort of miracle happened. They did it because they want to go back and say, you see, Republicans are racist. They don't want Latino. They don't want immigration, blah, blah, blah. But they know they can't pass it. 
they can't pass it because Republicans are going next uh, next year. They're going to uh, for election to to reelection. They need to run to run on what? Hey, we're going to give uh, uh, a path to citizenship to 12 million, 11 million undocumented in the country without any. You know, it, it, we're not gaining anything. We're not fixing the problems in the border. We're not fixing the visa overstaying. We're not fixing any of that. We're just basically giving a blind check to legalize 12 million people in the country. So that's not going to well, fly when Republicans. It's, it's recruitment, right? It's recruitment. Exa exactly. So that's not going to fly when Republicans are running for re-election next year. Same thing with a lot of uh, Democrats that won in places in the state that, uh, that, that Trump won. You know, that they're not for having open borders. So those Democrats will be really concerned about voting for this bill. So the bill is out there and the proposal is out there and he's going to be voting no. And Democrats will go, you know, they use the usual suspect in the media and all that to go out and say Republicans are racist. Look, they don't want immigrants. They hate you, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, like, we as, as Latinos in the country need to realize that, that we've been played. Every time we, you know, that this happened, we've just been played. And we need to wake up and tell them enough is enough. We're not idiots anymore. You know, you can play this all you want, but, you know, you, you this is not working. You know, you can't use this. Or use the Latino vote when actually immigration is not on the top of the list of priorities, right. but the number eight. Yep. You know, but then use the media to push that false nar mm -hmm. narrative that all Republicans are racist because well, they're not passing. Yeah, and, and, mm -hmm. and to address and to address and say that Latinos and African Americans are just stupid and ignorant and don't even know yeah. how to get on the internet. Um, yeah. You know, is 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 really insulting to everybody. But you know, they get a pass from it, don't they, Jorge? Absolutely. If you can say whatever you want, so long as you have that D next to your name, yeah. and you can do almost whatever you want, so long as you have that D next to your name, you can you can get drunk and get in a car, and and get your your secretary into the car and drive it off a bridge, and let her drown and and, and go home and sleep. And you can go home and you yeah. can remain in the Senate for for forty years or whatever have you. No. And, and and be fine because you got that D next to your name no. and you got that legacy next to your name. And I, I will say this about immigration. One thing that Joe Biden did, one thing, the one thing that Joe Biden did is the, the beauty of low expectations is that he merely promised, I will send Congress a bill. He can already say promise kept. Mm -hmm. He can, he can, as in terms of the pure politics of, of immigration. I think it was Marco Rubio that said that, that the Democrats are more serious about the politics of immigration than about fixing immigration. And he's absolutely right about that. Mm -hmm. In terms of immigration, Joe Biden can look at people and say, promise kept, I sent the bill to Congress, but please, I need more Democrats in the Senate because these evil Republicans didn't, didn't pass it. Obama, and, and he's already, in that sense, Biden has already surpassed Obama's legacy on on immigration uh if you look back and i would argue this this historical mm -hmm. point obama could have gotten he had 60 democrats mm -hmm. obama had 60 democrats when he came into power in 2009 mm -hmm. and he had beaten john mccain so decisively yep. and the republican party was so demoralized and in such disarray that he could have gotten easily, easily, mm -hmm. anywhere from seven to 10, he could have gotten McCain, Lindsey yep. Graham. Yep. There, were, there were a few others mm -hmm. who, who could have come along on immigration. And he had the votes in the House to pass it, but oh, the, Obama and the Democrats, history has to reflect this. And we have to remind people of this. 
Obama and the Democrats blew off immigration in order to do stimulus and in order to do Obamacare, Obamacare. and ram Obamacare Ooh. down our throats. And then when, when they got Obamacare, by then it became time to litigate immigration. It was too late. Obama's yeah, they, people they, being they, held they, to the fire. Yeah, they had no political capital left. In the, yeah, the majority, he had right? no capital. And so that's where he did DACA as an emergency, sort of as a as a as a sop to the base. Yeah. After he deported three and a half million illegals, right? So absolutely. So so you know, it's a wedge issue to the left. Immigration is 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 far more palatable as a wedge issue. I mean, look, when you look at this bill, you're absolutely I right, Ivan. This bill is DOA. When you lose, when you lose, you manage to lose Mario Diaz Ballard, yeah. mm -hmm. who yeah. who has been working on immigration reform for decades, yep. decades, and he looks at this bill and says, "Guys, I'm out. This bill is hot garbage. I'm done." Yeah. When you lose Mario, that tells you how bad this bill <laughs> hey, is. Hey, <laughs> Mario's a friend. Right? Yeah. I know Mario for a long. And he's a great guy. Mario's a great uh, guy. We, we know him. We love him. He, when you he, lose he, Mario, he is a little bit more loose on the immigration issue than. Uh, than probably most of us, but you know it, it's uh, it, it's bizarre, man. Um, I, I I don't know what what's going to happen with uh, with one, once reality hits. But you know, go, going back to last week, I was down in Florida, and you know, uh, I I can't wait to move back down there. But you know, talking to so many people, so many friends, so many Hispanics. Um, well, I was down in South Florida. Uh, people that during sixteen um you know voted for hillary uh, and hated trump and even during uh trump's first three years uh thought you know he was uh grosero he was manquiliado he was you know too too rough and and uh you know that they didn't like his style uh even though they liked his policy but they didn't like his style blah 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 and then once this biden situation came up the kamala harris this radicalization of the left popped his head out in the open and said, we embrace socialism. We are the Marxist party of America. All these people said, no fucking way. I know what the fuck happened down in Latin America. I, I, I've lived it. I've seen it. There is no way. Uh, I, this is where I draw the line. I don't care. This guy can say whatever the hell he wants. He can be a rude asshole, but there is no way I'm supporting Marxism. I'm supporting socialism. Absolutely no way. And they went out and voted for Trump. Right. And there's more and more people like that today. Right now, um, even people, you know, when I was down there that said, well, you know what? I couldn't vote for Trump because I just didn't like him. And I didn't I didn't vote for Biden either because I didn't like that. So I just voted uh, Republican all through Congress. Uh, he goes, next time, uh, there's no way I'm voting for anybody but a Republican for president. And in 2022, we're voting straight down the line for Republican. This needs to be stopped. It needs to be, you know, it needs to end. And, you know, and, a, and there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking and a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, remorseful buyers saying, I can't believe I didn't vote for Trump or I can't believe I didn't come out forcefully or publicly for it. I can't believe I didn't convince friends, family to come out and support the president. Um, there is genuine concern, especially from Latin Americans, right, that uh, that have seen, you know, communism up close in the 70s and 80s and 90s you know uh people in in, in colombia and peru uh central america that have seen terrorism narco terrorism you know the crime families in venezuela the you know uh 
Nicaragua, uh, obviously Cuba. Uh, it, it's a shit show, man. And people are starting to realize that that's exactly where the Democratic Party has taken us. And you're seeing that play out with the participation of the media. Um, but look what's going on with the uh, with social media. Look what's yeah. going on with a couple of congressmen now proposing going after Fox and owning it in, in Newsmax. It's insane. And these are the same people that for three years were throwing uh, all these all these charges, all these false charges, uh, the Russian collusion, the Kavanaugh rapers, and all and all these things. And now they're looking at these uh, social media enterprises to go out there and and basically close or censor or finding a way to get rid of Fox News and ONN and, and Newsmax. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like, and they're doing it with impunity. With impunity. They go out there and say, and nobody says, look, for three but years, you, you know, you divided the country. Does that get exposed at some point? I mean, the president tried to push, you know, uh, uh, sec Section 230, right, uh, for social media, to, mm -hmm. for them to lose uh, to section, uh, se section 230 protection. Um, they didn't do it. Cocaine Mitch, I think, dropped the ball there. Right? Um, I don't think we're going to have another opportunity to do that, right? So they're going to have free reign at this point because the left isn't going to break them up. The left isn't going to take 230 away from them. What happens? I mean, we read, everybody read the, the uh, Time article. I mean, that, that was the uh, blueprint of exactly how corrupt this entire thing was. The amount of trying to save democracy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolute collusion within all powers to take down, you know, a sitting president. And that that's, um, you, know, you know, I'm sorry, but it's fucked up. You know, this is America. Um, this is not, you know, Venezuela. It's not Peru. It's not, you know, Chile or, you know, or. But like or, everything, even I mean, like everything in politics, I don't know, and, and, and Daniel knows this, it's money. I, you know, the lobby money coming from uh, from the, from the tech companies is mm -hmm. huge. You know, mm -hmm. Democrats and Republicans, you know, they're in their pockets. Yeah. It's basically that, you know, you, you, people believe that, well, you know, they couldn't pass it. No, they were forced not to pass it because of the money they get. Yep. And that's just the way the game is played in Washington. And that's mm -hmm. why it's called the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jorge, uh, how, how bad is the purge going to be in 2022, the rhinos? Or is, is the Trump base going to come out and just slaughter the rhinos? Or is there going to be uh, some type of peace agreement made before that? This is gonna happen. Well, what's the alternative? Either, either peace, either peace, or Biden has more power. Well, not necessarily, right? I mean, it could be like, uh, like uh, 2010, right? Like that red wave, like the Tea Party movement. We came in and slaughtered everybody and uh, took the House and the Senate, right? So it could be that all over again. And I, I personally think that's what's gonna happen. Um, I don't see any peace agreement happening where uh, Cocaine Mitch shows up at Mar-a-Lago and kisses the ring and says, I'm sorry, uh, we already saw Nikki Haley, you know, uh, you know, pull her support and cover her ass and think that that it's the uh, the rise of the rhinos. But I think the rhinos are dead, man. I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys we'll, think? We'll know more after Sunday, won't we? <laughs> we <sure> will. <laughs> yeah, we will. I think, I think you know, that um, – the the Republican Party as the Democratic Party is a different party altogether from yeah. four years ago. Yeah. I, I think that the space that the uh, uh, you know the old guard of the Republican Party uh, is coming to an end in a way because you know they like it or not, millions and millions mm -hmm. of people voted for 
for Trump. It was a Trump movement. It was not even a Republican movement. It was a Trump movement. No. And they know that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and the reason why some of them then try to bail are the same people that always play the game in Washington. They're saying the same people that they go and have coffee and go to the palm and all that and, and talk about what they want in terms of their, their special interests. But this is a different Republican party. It's just a different Democratic party, mm-hmm. even though you're seeing Biden there. But he's not it's not Biden leadership. And, you you know, we all know that. And, and, and I believe that at the end, uh, a negotiation is going to have to happen if they want to continue to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Because if the Democrats continue to push uh, Republicans and Republican voters more and more every day and, and you know, and calling them uh, domestic terrorists and, and all these names, what is, is that peaceful? Is that, you know, trying to unite the country? No. Obviously, no. You know, that, that part of the country is going to continue to be united but behind President Trump. Oh, come on, man. I mean, they turned down. <laughs> they, they tried to uh, destroy a sitting president. They tried to weaken yeah. and they tried to. Uh, they, 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 I mean, they really did try a coup, right, on oh. a sitting president. Uh, they tried to destroy him for four years. Now they're going after everybody that, they, that supported the president. But they want you to. I mean, come on. I mean, you, they tried you, everything. They, they tried you know, everything yeah. from impeachment to less leak uh, documents to try to get him in trouble, less filed, you know, crap uh, 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 cases and in court. You know, let's try everything. Let's try to destroy everything. But look, how many uh, how many uh, uh, executive orders have we seen? Just to destroy whatever happened in the last four years. Doesn't matter that it's good. Doesn't matter that it was bad. It doesn't matter. We just need to destroy what he did because obviously he beat the hell out of the Democrats in 2016 and then make them look like fools because he did a lot of the stuff that they say that he wasn't possible to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he did. So we needed to destroy every, you know, all of that. And and, Mm -hmm. and look at at this uh, this little piece of, of, of information. Look at what happened to the Kingston's uh, the pipeline, Kingston pipeline. Look at the price of oil. Look, it went, you know, it doubled in, in, in a couple of weeks. Look at the price of gasoline. That's going to have an impact on everything from food, from things that you buy, uh, transportation, everything. And also is going to take away the independence that the U.S. has of creating its own energy. And now we're going to have to buy energy from the uh, Middle East. So all these that were promised that, well, we're not going to get a tax. Everybody's going to get a tax, like, you know. The fuel goes up, you pay more, and you're mm-hmm. paying a tax. That's a tax. So in a, in a year or two, people realize, well, what a mistake we made. You know, just because we needed to destroy everything that the other guy did, didn't matter if it was good or bad, we need to destroy it without even thinking the uh, the results that that was going to have yeah, on the talk, American talk, voters. Uh, talking about that, did mm-hmm. you guys see that? Um, did you guys see Schumer yesterday? I mean, what a what a piece of crap that guy is, right? I mean, he said, uh, ho- hopefully this situation will teach uh, Texas a lesson on not to go at it alone, that they is need it? the federal government. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Where's the media, Jorge? Dania, where, where, where are your colleagues? Why, why aren't they calling out this bastard? And Again. Saying, hey, you know, again, you're again they're hibernating. Yeah. They're hibernating, uh, Ivan. You know, the media... Uh, the media has already gone from their honeymoon phase with the Democratic Party until the hi- their hibernation state, where now they're just going to sleep away, you know, during the marriage, and they're just going to let the spouse do whatever the heck he wants and not hold him accountable. And then they're going to come and, and, and complain if the spouse loses the elections. I mean, it's the same cycle every single time. 
every four years, you know, they uh, every four years or every time we have a change of government. And, uh, you know, just to pinpoint what Wheelie was saying, one of the things I called uh, what the media and the Democrats were doing for four years under the Trump administration is un golpe de estado procesal, a procedural uh, coup d'etat, because they were trying to remove him the day after the election, yeah. November 9th, 2016. They were already talking about impeachment without the man having even sworn in. So, I mean, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna talk about, you know, uh, facts, let's focus on the facts. If we're gonna talk about, you know, uh, treason, let's talk about those who attempted to remove Trump from power. If we're gonna talk about, you know, coups, let's talk about those that were spying on uh, uh, American citizens that worked for Donald Trump. So, and, and this is part of the problem that the media has and why they've lost all credibility. You know, and with with, Schu with Schumer, you know, Schumer actually just the other day, I was talking about Schumer in my, in my radio show because he had a, a Zoom meeting with a bunch of Puerto Rican leaders and they were talking about, you know, uh, Darren Soto's and, and somebody else's uh, uh, bill to propose. Richie Torres. Richie Torres yes. uh, to propose statehood for Puerto Rico. And he goes, well, you know, I'm sorry. I love Richie, but I don't support statehood. <laughs> and Puerto Ricans were so gullible that they fell for it. They fell like, you know, like kids fall for like, oh, if you're good, I'm going to buy you a lollipop. And then the parent doesn't buy them a lollipop. That's That was exactly the same thing that happened. And Chuck Schumer demonstrated once again that Democrats really don't care to support statehood for Puerto Rico. Let's look at the Puerto Rican Democrats in Congress. With the exception of Darren Soto, who seems to be the only one that supports statehood, most of the Democrats that have gone through Congress that are of Puerto Rican descent have all been pro-independence. Pro and that's the truth of the matter. So when the media doesn't actually tell these facts and does and does does not know history or prefers to hide those facts, then they go on to manipulation, which is what they've been doing, you know, and and they want to let Puerto Rico, they want to lead Puerto Ricans to believe that the Democrats support statehood for Puerto Rico. No, they do not. And, and I tell you this as somebody who has interviewed numerous presidential candidates in Puerto Rico when I was a journalist in Puerto Rico. And out of all the candidates that visited Puerto Rico, most of the ones that I interviewed that supported statehood for Puerto Rico were all Republicans. Rick Santorum, mm -hmm. George Pataki, Jeb mm -hmm. Bush. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can name a long list. They all supported statehood for Puerto Rico. Hillary Clinton, when I approached her about the subject, well, you know, um, I think the Puerto Ricans should decide. I said, but do you support statehood Puerto Rico? Well, I just, I think I support whatever the Puerto Ricans decide. Uh, I said, no, 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 but I'm, that's uh, not what I'm asking you. I'm asking yeah. you, do you support it? And that's just an example of how the media continues to manipulate Latinos in every aspect. They don't tell them the truth. They don't tell them the truth of, of Chuck Schumer and how... He and lied. He says and how he lied. Exactly. And so that's why it's just, you know, honestly, at this point, I've already given up. Well, here's another example about the media. Uh, Javier Becerra, the, the current nominee for Health and oh, Human God. Services. Oh, good Lord. Yes. Here, here's a guy who <laughs> sued nuns to try to force them to, to provide uh, contraceptives in their health care. Yep. Yep. Here's a guy who went after the Center for Medical Progress, David Daleiden, uh, for his valuable Planned Parenthood videos. Uh, here's a guy who, at every turn, every chance he is, a guy who visited with Fidel Castro, 
when he was the chair of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, who supports Medicare for all, um, or really who supports socialized medicine. He said so in the congressional record. He said single payer, actually, for his words in 94. At every turn, at every possibility, um, Javier Becerra supports using the, the coercive power of the state to hammer mm -hmm. people and hammer people who have yep. pro-life convictions and people of faith into submission. Talk and these media outlets, power. yeah, and these media outlets that cover Becerra mm -hmm. cover the angle of, oh, Becerra is a Mexican-American from Los Angeles, son of immigrants, first <laughs> Latino ever to occupy health and human <laughs> services. As he coerces nuns Monquitas, to buy contraceptives. Yep, yep. This is the problem with the corrupt Spanish language media. Yeah. Yeah. That's their mm -hmm. problem. Yeah. That's a problem. And that's why increasingly they've lost the trust of the community mm -hmm. that they claim to serve. That's why Trump did so well in not just in Florida, not just in South Florida, Central but Florida. In Central Florida yeah. with the Puerto mm -hmm. Rican community, who by the way, people thought were were gonna flip the state and bring yep. Democrats and into power. Was, nope. That didn't happen, actually. That, that was one of the decisive factors in, in Rick Scott coming to the Senate and Ron DeSantis coming to the governorship. Um, Jorge, we should take some credit uh, for that, Jorge. You and I. Well, <laughs> right. I, I, exactly right. Because we've been doing some education, you know? Work, work was done. That's yeah. all I got to say about that. Work was done. Here's a question, right? Is um, yeah. when English, so we know 90% of the media is, you know, as corrupt as is right. an attack for, for the DNC. In in Spanish media, it's 100%, right? We don't, we don't have a Fox News, an OAN, a Newsmax. We don't have a Rush Limbaugh. We don't have, you know, talk radio. We don't have any of that. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's going on there? Uh, well, I, I think that there has to be a commitment, a real commitment of funding to uh, have that diversity of, of opinion. That That's just basically the problem. It's like there's a lot of people that we willing to go out there and, and, and talk about the facts and 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 challenge people and you know and do the right thing but he, you know he, he needs a, a considerable uh, fun, funding uh to right. do it uh, to get a station going well, and to get a good team why, why, do, you think why do you think why do not? i think well because i think for a long time some of these um uh you know people that can actually fund it believe that is a um that that is is going to be very difficult because of the amount of all the media that is going full on the other side so it's going to take a long time, a lot of funding and and commitment to to do it. But there's got to be a couple of people that start. It's like now there's more voices out there. There's more uh, um, uh, journalists going to social media, uh, shows like this one and other and other shows are actually starting to talk, and and that might help in terms of getting the people with funding to come up and say, look, this is the reality. Uh, things are changing. Trump won a lot of uh, a lot more uh, Latino votes, and, and and the Latinos are actually seeing the reality. And and there's new voices, so we need to fund it. We need to create a space because while we continue to be doing things on social media, it's going to take a longer time that if we get our space on you know on cable with a station with with a network that can put these kinds of ideas and challenges to the uh, what has been happening for a long time. You know, yeah. it's it's not that difficult. To do because there's a lot of people like like me, like yourself, like Danny and and Jorge and everybody else that is doing what we're doing is because we believe that we need to tell the truth. We need to say we need to get the folks to understand what is actually a narrative to what is actually facts that they can make up their own minds. Try to help them out because we're not in the business of 
reprogramming people. We're not in the business of indoctrination. We're in the business of telling people the facts and, you know, and, and having to make educated vote. You know, they need, we, our vote needs to be educated. It can, we can't be voting like cows going to a meat market. Uh, like, like let's, let's push the Latino vote. Let's push the African-American vote. No, let, let's push the vote. Let me win that vote. Let me actually convince these people that what I'm trying to do is good for the community. Because right now that's what is missing. And, and I think that we need to talk about, we need to talk to people that are willing to put the money and, you know, the money where the mouth is, <laughs> you know, instead of saying putting well, the ad. Right, because you look at the big ad dollars and you see, and I think, Danya, you talked about this mm -hmm. last time, how the big companies, not necessarily they share this liberal views, but it's uh, beneficial for free press, right? Like Coca-Cola doing this crap with mm -hmm. uh, Oh, be less white. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola. Hey, and, and, and all the other companies, right, that are playing into this crap. Um, you know, why why do they do it? You know, it's free PR, right? They're like, oh wow, mm -hmm. you know, Coca-Cola, what a beautiful company. Look, look at the crap. Salesforce, wow. You know, they're yeah. so woke. And, and they get this free PR and it's uh trendy and all that. But uh, you know, how do you overturn that? I I just don't know. I mean, Willie, I get you. Um, I think there's enough capital out there, but it seems like the elitists control that, right? Uh, yeah. You look, at, you look at Spanish, you know, Carlos Slim, um, you know, he, he's not going to yeah. put any, any money into a conservative cause, right? Uh, so Amazon, you know, Bezos and Amazon. But I think I think my, my, are, my, my strategy will be war, We are in a war. Uh, we had uh, Jim Hanson on yesterday, the uh, former Special Forces guy. Um, uh, a security consultant. He he just came out with a book, uh, the next several war, and he talks about it. You know how it's not going to be. You know with with guns and knives, etc. But uh, but in media, right? And it's gonna how it's gonna how that's gonna play out. And I think it's gonna be interesting to see how that happens, man. You know, um, but we are in a war. This is battleground, and uh, thank you guys for coming on, man. Um, I don't know how thank we're gonna for having us. I don't know how we're gonna thank win, you. but uh. I think uh, I think we're all thunderstruck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. There we go. We'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>